Yo guys, welcome back to another video of CGN Talks. And real quick, today is one of the more important videos. We will be talking about businesses that are doomed in 2020. Now, you could go ahead and click off, go watch a cat video, waste your time, or you can actually listen and benefit off of the value that we have to provide to you. And if you do, we hope you enjoy the video. As we touched on today and based off the title, we're going to be touching on today some businesses that are going to be dying and they're doomed in 2020 and beyond and some businesses that are really going to be thriving. You know, we see a lot of different economical change the last couple of years, you know, with the growth of the phone, apps, uh, delivery, stuff like that. I think there's a lot of industries and a lot of businesses that are quite frankly going to die off and a lot of, a lot of industries and businesses that are going to see a lot, a lot of growth and a lot of, a lot of opportunity. Now, starting off a bit on a more broader perspective on the whole marketing versus quality of a product type debate. And, you know, over the past few years, and this is on any social media, whether you guys are watching on YouTube right now, whenever you're on Instagram, Facebook, if you have an account on those platforms, I'm sure whenever you're scrolling, you get hit with advertisements. And, you know, sometimes it's an advertisement that is get this for free or it's some sort of webinar and it's a quote unquote free training at the end of the webinar. It's some sort of upsell and say, for example, oh, fill this out, it's free training. You fill it out all of a sudden, this live quote unquote live training is starting in the next five minutes. What a coincidence, right? You go through, you get upsold and you get the product and it's not what you were expecting. And over the past few years, that type of marketing scarcity based tactics would work. But right now the consumers are really starting to realize how important it is that the quality of a product is good rather than constantly falling for the marketing behind of what that company is doing. Yeah, so this is really, really prevalent in the whole online marketing, online money space. I think it's a really, really good analogy for how things are going as a whole. You know, it's becoming less about the marketing, more about the quality of a product nowadays. And this goes, or a service, it pretty much goes for everything. Um, you know, we see a lot of, a lot of products that are really, really well marketed, but once you get them, they're really, really bad. And I think as time goes on, we're starting to see that, that trend really die out. We're shifting more towards sustainable long-term businesses that do provide a great product or service. And, you know, I think all the big businesses today, like Apple, uh, Amazon, they've proven that, you know, marketing can take you far, but these companies and like Tesla too, this Tesla, perfect example, this I was thinking that. almost zero marketing, but great, great product first that speak for itself. And, you know, I think they're really going to kill off all these businesses. That's whole, that's entire business plan. Just, you know, great marketing. I think most of these companies just end up dying off over the next couple of years. That's actually something that I wanted to segue into Tesla versus Uber. And we discussed that a lot. Yep. A lot of people don't know about it. Exactly. We discussed that a lot. And Uber, they're currently not profitable. They're running much... deficit. I don't think they, I think they've been profitable maybe one quarter in the past couple of years. So they've been, they've been getting pumped full of VC money and IPO money. Yep. And they're just trying to create market share at this point. Now, don't get me wrong. They offer me a great service. I've I been use using them a lot. I've been using them a lot over the past few years because I'm lazy and we live in San Francisco. It's pointless to get a car. Yep. Muni could be convenient, but it's super time consuming. And now we're able to get Uber. Now, a lot of the time I log in, they give me 20% off, 30% off, mm -hmm. get a pool regular and cost me anywhere from five to $10, which is a great price. But seeing what Tesla is currently doing to the whole market and the type of products that they're creating it's not looking too good for Uber. Yeah, so I have an article on this coming out probably in a couple of weeks from now, probably on LinkedIn. Um, it's pretty much almost done, final revisions, all that stuff. But uh, essentially, for those who don't know, Tesla with the cars out in the market right now are developing AI. So all the cars you see out that are Teslas, they upload all their all their driving, self-driving data into a, into a neural network. And pretty much what that's going towards is developing AI for all their cars. 
And after a little bit of time, it redownloads onto the cars that are currently on the road and they get better and better. And that's how their self-driving technology improves. Now, most people don't know is all these Teslas they have out on the road and their tests in the future is they basically plan, and they've said this publicly, Elon Musk says it, they basically plan to take these cars and use their self-driving technology with regulation approval to basically have an app that competes with Uber. But the difference between Uber and Tesla is Tesla doesn't need drivers. So um, they've actually said explicitly that their, that their rides are going to be cheaper than Uber's because they don't have to pay a driver for self-driving technology. And the idea behind it is drive and current Tesla owners can rent their cars out to the to the fleet as they call it to basically go out and you know make the money and drive people around. Or Tesla themselves said if there's not enough demand, there's not enough cars out there, they'll put their own cars out there and basically drive people around. And I really think this is going to kill off Uber because right now Uber is just more of a platform between the driver and passenger. And I think when you take away the driver out of the equation, you know, you're able to have that service much, much, much cheaper. And this is honestly going to lead to downfall of Uber. They haven't been profitable. And I think this is really just going to kill them. I think Tesla says technology is coming out in the next couple of years. But as time goes on, you're going to see Uber probably burn through even more cash. And Tesla really emerge as the marketplace, basically owning the marketplace. Now, in case you guys didn't hear that correctly, this means that if you own a Tesla, Come that time, you will be able to take your car and pretty much while you're going to sleep, your car will be driving around the city, picking people up, taking them to different locations. Now, you know, a lot of safety questions do arise. Yep. And I'm sure Tesla, with any business, an Uber, there are kidnappings. Stuff does happen. That's with any business, any ride sharing app. Problems will happen with people. But if you own a Tesla, you could own multiple Teslas. Not only does Tesla solve a big problem, you know, they'll be able to create vehicles that are much safer. Yep. than having a human at the wheel. And, you know, that also eliminates the risk of human-to-human -human problems with Fuck the driver. That. But aside from that, it also creates a lot of business opportunities and chances to create income if you yourself own a Tesla. Yeah, Sitch and I were actually talking about this. You know, we're going to give you guys a little bit of insight. We were debating whether or not we, once this technology comes out, whether or not to buy like, like a fleet of Teslas, just have them run out 24-7. Um, I think they said that you should be able to pay back, I think, a third of the car per year. So that's a 33% return. And you save money on gas. Yeah, you save money on gas. It's a great deal. They give really good financing options. Yep. It's overall a win-win. So why not own 10 Teslas and while you're going to sleep, just having them literally work for you? Yeah, and they've said the return should be around 30% a year, I believe. So hey, three years you break even, that's pretty good business in my opinion. So don't do that, guys. Leave the profit to us. Um, <laughs> but you know, going on, I think that's kind of summarizes that space up. I think Tesla's just going to end up killing Uber. Um, and you know, really shifting over to where people just really, really like convenience more than anything. Uh, you know, no one really like talking about the ancient business of taxis no one would have seen it like 20 years ago all these taxi businesses would go out of business because of you know the convenience of just tapping on your phone you know having a great experience yeah also aside from the of the fact that not only is uber much more convenient but it's way cheaper oh, way, way cheaper. cheaper comes way faster it's way cheaper overall now i also wanted to dive in going off of the whole convenience for yep. the consumer amazon is a great example of that so i remember a few weeks ago we were at Westfield. Sizing these we were at the mall. <laughs> exactly. And you've been to one of their grocery stores before, but I haven't. That was actually my first time there. I literally went on my app, filled out some sort of application on my account, and then I was able to scan, walk straight in, pick out what I want, walk out. I don't need to wait in line. I don't need to go through a you know a whole checkout process where I have to put in my card, you know, scan the item, just pick up what I need, walk out. That's it. And it was I really spooky too. Oh, sorry, I forgot you off, by the way. No, it's quite off. It was really spooky, too, because there's, there's like pretty much nobody there. There's one guy doing maintenance occasionally, but like he wasn't really there. It was just you walked in the store, 
you like you scan your phone, walk to the store, you take off whatever you want out of the shelf, and you just walk out. And the way it works is all there's a ton of cameras around the entire store oh, and it tracks so you. Cameras. It's so weird. But like it, it's like you can't really see them, honestly. Like they're way, way above Dude, where you are. It's almost as if they know what you're thinking. Exactly. Spooky. <laughs> something I found super interesting is I thought that in order to walk into the store, each person needs to have the app on their phone, scan it, walk in. But we were also able to do it in a way where, for example, it was just you scanning your phone. You'd walk in and I would just walk in with you. They'd charge both of us, they would whatever, us. whatever. Exactly. It'd charge me based off what you picked exactly. up. So that's, guys, don't do this. Don't just follow someone into the store. <laughs> don't don't, <be laughs> don't that do guy. that to people. But I just thought that was super interesting how it tracks. Because, yes, we were mm. walking, literally cameras everywhere. There yeah. wasn't like an inch of space without one. And you're just looking like... But hey, it's what you pay for the product or cheaper because there's nobody there. And you know, it's it's just way more convenient. You don't have to wait in line and that stuff. You go in, grab what you want, walk out. That's it. How long do you think it's going to take before mm. the majority of grocery stores in the world begin adapting this type of technology? I mean, we already have self-checkouts. I think we're already halfway there. But that's just not convenient enough. Yeah. Humans are lazy. They are lazy. So I really, I really think that Amazon's gonna be the one pioneering this because most people don't know this. Most grocery stores, they usually I think they make a one to three percent margin. On, like yeah, that's what the grocery store gets to keep after they pay everybody. So people understand grocery stores don't have a lot of actual working capital to put into you know reinvestment and actually innovation in the grocery market space. As you guys may have noticed, grocery markets have pretty much been the same for a very very long time. This Amazon thing that we're talking about, this is like the only innovation I can think of in the past couple of years besides self checkout. And you know I think it's going to have to be from an outside company that has to honestly come in and innovate the space. I think you definitely see someone that actually owns the distribution chain, like a Kroger, come in. Though they do own a couple supermarkets, but I think if you see them team up with like a couple other brands to make a supermarket where there's no people, I think that could compete with Amazon. For the most part, I don't see that type of collaboration happening. And I think Amazon's actually going to start taking over the space. And as we saw, those prices were actually really damn cheap compared to the Walgreens like across the way. There were there was actually a cupcake that I bought. Oh yeah, and that they have the same good. exact cupcake. It was a red velvet cupcake. I love red red velvet cupcakes, and it was actually. $1.50 cheaper inside the Amazon store than yeah. it was at Safeway. And also, say for example, Safeway chooses to go ahead and start adapting this, they will not be able to compete with Amazon. I don't think they will either. It won't even come close. And again, that just comes from Amazon being able to come into markets and just fully take them over. Even if they're losing money on it, they're wiping out their competition completely. Exactly. And I think they're honestly in a great position because a lot of these retail spaces and these malls are going out of business because you know they're putting them out of business. And what they're doing is they're buying these properties and these locations at a discount, putting in their you know their their stores where there's nobody there and just the cameras and they're just taking out the competition that way. And it also won't surprise me if at one point, you know, through economies of scale, mm -hmm. they're able to make these types of ventures profitable because they don't need to pay for any employees. And having to pay for you know people walking through aisles, helping customers, doing the whole checkout process, that takes up a big chunk of expenses. While when we went to the Amazon store, there was only one worker. Literally just explaining how things go. Monitoring, exactly. He wasn't doing it. There, there actually wasn't anyone inside of the store. Yep. Only outside of His the store. His only job was to tell you, oh, this is how it works. This is how you scan in because we, did, we didn't know. So we had to talk to him, kind of explain it. But besides that guy, when people actually understand how it all works, there's not going to be a single person in there that's you know part of Amazon or be just watch of the store and you know i don't know if this is a thing or not but i really think they're gonna have like restocking robots and automate automated restocking process in the next couple of years too if this venture really takes off for them you think that we'll be walking through aisles and there will be like robots just stockpiling i mean i hope so products. it seems like our grocery would be cheaper so hey i welcome that innovation Dude, something that these stores need to figure out is whenever i can't find something i need to find an employee oh they, they need do to need to solve them. that they need to solve that to where there's 
don't know, maybe some sort of device plugged into the wall on each aisle. And I just type in what I want. That's and smart. it does like a 3D model of where that thing is located, how many in stock. Or they can incorporate Alexa into it and you'd be like, hey, Alexa, where's this? And it would just tell you in the store. That'd be really that smart. Actually, that's a great segue into the... Device, voice, voice devices yeah. and we actually got our first yep. we did not get the Alexa. we got the google home well, i have shout out spotify uh, yeah. shout out spotify free. we love you free got free, free google homes i had you sign up and then exactly much got uh, that i was free. actually too cheap to pay 4.99 for the spotify premium the student version yep. but i think i believe the google home was worth it um honestly i don't use it every single day the mm -hmm. first week that i did get it i would Actually, I, there was a very interesting feature. So I'd use it pretty much to listen to music, you know, read me the news in the morning. There was an, an interesting feature that you brought up to me, how when you're going to sleep and you say Google Home goodnight, it starts playing sounds, you could set an alarm through it, which I honestly yep. didn't know. It could put you to sleep. I still wouldn't say it's fully as advanced as the Alexa, but we're starting to move towards an age where the businesses that really thrive will need to integrate some sort of voice into their say marketing tactics. I 100% agree. I think it's really Google versus Amazon right now. I don't really see any other major players in the space. And it's really surprising because Apple had this huge, huge advantage with years prior coming out with Siri, but it seems they kind of invented that technology and just forgot about it, quite frankly. Like Siri can do nothing like, like Google Home or like Alexa. And I think these two companies, you know, Google and Amazon, are going to have a huge clash for voice technology. I personally own the Echo Buds, which are the, you know, the earphones. I, lo I love them. I can ask uh, them. AirPods. AirPods. Uh, Get AirPods. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, AirPods. A, I'm an Echo Buds kind of guy. He's, a, he's an AirPods guy. Dude, but AirPod Pros came out. Oh, yeah. And I have to try I've tried yours on. I've tried AirPod Pros on. And well, AirPod Pros are also triple the price. How much were you? Yeah, they I got triple. mine for like 85 They're triple the price, but first off, they're way comfier. They have way better noise cancellation. And they I got to try them similar enough features and it's also apple maybe maybe, I'll, apple. Swi maybe i'll switch over you never know you i gotta try them brand. out but and uh so i have i have the google home device also have the alexa pods i, I like a alexa buds i think they're really really cool to see how this technology is going to really shape things up in the next couple of years yeah. because currently in case you guys didn't know how these work so for example with his pods mm -hmm. he wants say emiliano say you want to order an uber he don't he doesn't need to go on his phone to order the uber he can literally talk into it i'm yep. sure you've done it before yeah i have exactly i'm like hey alexa that? give me an uber it's like okay dope uh you just ask you where you mean it. the pods not alexa no nah, you, you ask you say still say hey alexa it's, it's oh same, same thing, thing. Oh, yeah same okay. thing okay but uh they're called echo buds and you just they're like hey alexa i need this and this and this people that follow me on social media will know i, I love them i post about them all the time but like i literally ask it to order me uber i can i can play games with it i can ask it well i can't what ask kind of, what kind of games do you play with it dude i like you'd be surprised I'm a little bit of a nerd. If so you're I, like, if you're like on the bus I playing like, games with the people, are <laughs> I think I'm talking to myself. But I've been in Uber to like is licking me. Kind of weird. But uh, no, I'm a nerd. So if those don't know, I play like financial games. So I do like I just do like some funny stuff. Like I play like this. There's one cop called Angel Investor, and you get like pitches from people with like company ideas. And you're like, oh, do you want to invest? And it's like yes, no, negotiate. And then it kind of and there's a ranking portfolio online. I'm up in the leaderboard. Um, but uh, pretty much what you do is you uh, you pretty much ask sell Alexa if you want to invest the company or not, and then it will put if and then they'll get back to you whether or not they want to reinvest or the venture goes bad. And pretty much off that, there's a leaderboard based off who is the best investing strategies, and I'm I'm on that. So are these are these baby. games integrated only with the Alexa, or could they also be integrated with say the Apple AirPods? I think I mean I don't think Apple has a platform that allows them to be integrated, but okay. I think I think Google. I think Google has a way to has a way to do it, but they have nowhere as many near apps as Alexa. As uh, Alexa, the thing with Alexa is, as a developer, you can also 
submit games, which I don't think is really as easy to do on Google or Apple. I think if they were to make a platform where they allowed developers to have a heavy, heavy, heavy incentive to develop technology for them, I really think that Google would be able to challenge Amazon Amazon right now. But at the moment, at the moment, the current moment in time, I think Alexa is destroying uh, Google. Also, just further proving how powerful voice is, VR is also a big thing. But yep. when people are coming home, they're not constantly using VR. They're yep. constantly using voice. And whether, you know, people are still, say, for example, you're a parent. You have multiple kids. You're starting to install these devices in multiple rooms because you're also able to start communicating with your kids while you're in another part of the house yep. per se. The voice. So there's a lot of things with voice. You can also like they can your your speakers basically talk shit. They put them on guard more stuff like that. You can use your speakers basically talk to you know people in other rooms or if you're not if you're out of the house you can use your speaker to talk to people back at home. Yeah. So I'd say that businesses that don't learn how to efficiently integrate voice into their systems in the next, you know, three to five years, mm -hmm. they're going to be losing because there'll be businesses. Say for example, you want to order pizza from you can some do that sort now. of restaurant. You can do that now. Exactly. You can just go and implement it and it'll work. Don must sponsor me. I love you. All right. Continue. <laughs> Papa John's gave you a horrible experience though. Yeah. Papa John's don't sponsor me. I don't like you. Yeah. All right. So because again, Tesla's gonna pretty much get rid of drivers. We'll be able to get in. Mm -hmm. um, humans are just getting lazier and lazier. And what do you know? We're at one point we're gonna get tired of going on our phones, pressing certain buttons, reading it because we're just gonna get lazier. We want to be able to just be like, hey, do this, it'll mm -hmm. happen. Hey, do this, it'll happen, and yep. kind of dictate what we want going on. And then with after the lives. this trend, I don't want to talk about this that much because it's too futuristic. But after this, we're the after voice. I think we're gonna go into like technologies like Elon Musk and Neuralink, where you think about something and we'll yep. automatically do it for you. Exactly. But um. I think so getting back to what we're talking about about uh, you know talking I think it really comes down to convenience and I think that's a huge part of where things are going you need it, it need to be convenient and be a great product I think marketing is kind of you know going down the drain as things go on because you don't get you don't get repeat customers unless you have a good product um, so I really think that's where things are heading and I think people are just really not going to go out too much unless it's for an experience and yeah, yeah. because don't get me wrong, marketing is still super important, but it depends obviously how you market. Mm -hmm. If no one knows about you, no one's going to want to buy from you. No one's going to want to do business for, with you. And, you know, being marketing is pretty much how you get your idea, your name, what you're offering out to the market. Now, there are ethical ways of doing it and unethical ways. And I think the best marketing, obviously the businesses that do the best do the least marketing. For example, Tesla, they didn't really pay any money Zero. for marketing big fat zero you don't really you see when you go on amazon you see certain products being marketed so i see for example if i'm on youtube i get hit by amazon from certain ads but not by amazon itself and it's because people are running you know google ads ppc ads through the amazon marketplace but the best businesses they they pretty much speak for themselves and also word of mouth is a big thing you know for example dropbox Mm -hmm. They don't really do that much more, but a lot of people use it because it's super convenient. Mm -hmm. And whenever, for example, we're working with our content team, Dropbox is always our go-to as an And we switched over recently too. We didn't, even, we didn't even know what Dropbox was until really, really recently. And we just we just Googled it and we're like, this product is cool. And, you know, I think we're honestly going to stay on Dropbox. I, I always, I've always, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I, I never knew what, what it was. was. I never knew exactly yeah. what it was. And until Same. we started working, building our content team and working with them, it's a big app that they use within their community because mm -hmm. you, you want them to work on something. You upload it. Mm -hmm. They go there because if you're going through email, there's only so much that you can email when it comes to long video files. On Dropbox, you can upload anything. On top of that, you get a 30-day 
free, free trial. trial. <laughs> everyone loves free trial. Everyone loves free. Um, we ended up paying afterwards. <laughs> yeah, but it was a good thirty days free. Yeah, but I think going back to con, you know, going back. I want to go back, backtrack a little bit, you know, talk about restaurants and how that's going to be shaped okay. over the next couple of years. But uh, so you see all these different retail locations closing. And I think there's going to be a big shift in restaurants and retail locations over the next couple of years. Everyone loves talking about retail and people have been talking about that. But I think the next wave of businesses that are going to be end up closing is restaurants, which most people don't know is there's a lot of apps like Uber Eats, Postmates, DoorDash. I think Grubhub does something like that too. But basically what all these companies do is they deliver food from different restaurants. Most people don't realize is a lot of the restaurants of restaurants on these, on these platforms are actually cloud kitchens. And for those of you guys that don't know what cloud kitchens are, um, pretty lucrative business model based off what I've heard, but pretty much all it is is a business owner or a chef will rent out an entire kitchen and they'll place a little team of chefs or, or a chef in that kitchen and you know they'll have a menu of what they can cook and they'll put it on a, a site like Grubhub or DoorDash or Uber Eats. And whenever people order it, they make it and they just send it out. So it's literally just a chef in an industrial kitchen. And the thing about this is the overhead is extremely, extremely, extremely low. They don't own the kitchen. They rent their time there. Um, they obviously only pay pretty much for the ingredients in the kitchen. And what this leads to is them being able to undercut restaurants on price on the apps. And essentially, I think what this is going to lead to is a lot of people are going to end up switching over the next couple of years to just ordering in food. And the only reason people are going to end up going out for food is if a restaurant provides you a great experience. Like if it's Valentine's Day, you're going to want to go out... Uh, you know, eat somewhere nice. But um, I think where we're heading is a lot of the restaurants like sub shops or stuff like that, where it's just the whole point of the business model is to get quick food and eat well. I think that's going to switch over to being actually fully delivered. This is a really great example of why Airbnb does well. Yep. And companies in the past, such as WeWork before their downfall, it was a similar yep. concept. But let's take Airbnb, for example. We no Whenever we travel, we no longer stay in hotels. Never. People are able to literally buy homes, put them on Airbnb, and voila. For the traveler, that solves a big problem. They're able to stay out of house in their ideal location with the great view, great service. Yep. Um, we've never really had a bad Airbnb experience. In fact, we have a better experience in we Airbnbs one, than we do in hotels. That. Yeah, but we got comp. We got we got comp for that one. We got so comp. We're right, chilling. <laughs> and then, so yeah, use Airbnb.com. That's what a lot of the people that I know also do. The people staying at a lot of the people staying at hotels are usually the more older generation yep. and over time it's fully transitioning out of that people really like the renting business model especially now be those between the ages of 20 and 35 not many people are buying houses anymore because they like to be on the move so it's somewhere say you want to rent a house you're not really forced to stay in it for a certain period of time you're able to travel you lots of people literally just live from Airbnb yep. to Airbnb. And that kind of segues into the whole restaurant concept. How now? Because restaurants, it's super hard to get profitable. Yep. The margin overhead. The more, so much overhead. You need to pay employees. Food has really low margins and it's hard to become profitable, especially when you're constantly having to pay rent in cities like LA, San Francisco, New York. Mm -hmm. And what this allows companies to do or even people for example you you really like cooking I love you cooking. don't necessarily need to open up a whole restaurant you're able to go rent out a space mm -hmm. for like a short period of time offer what you have sell it make an income off of it and kind of keep that rotation yep. going and i had i have this great story uh, about this guy from college who actually used to, he took advantage of this before it actually came mainstream but he used to do it so you could text him order wings and he'd deliver it to you oh you told me about yeah this. that guy's a beast i forget his name it begins with an m but he was a great guy very funny he's an actor um, this I basically paid for his college. 
Um, but pretty much what you do, you go on the app on this tab and be like, oh, this is what we're doing. And you put flyers all around campus. You'd Snapchat and be like, hey, this is what I want. You'd be like, all right, shoot me a cash app. Shoot cash app. You'd be like, all right, what's your address? Okay, we're going to deliver it to you. So yeah, from the whole transition of the rent into the whole rent and gig economy, a great example of is how we've been implementing that within our businesses. So you know, you and I can't do everything. For example, there are skills that we're not good at and we want to hire people or have other people do those or satisfy those skills for us. We no longer need to hire someone and consistently pay them. We no longer have to give away equity. We could simply just go on Upwork, go on Fiverr, say we need a website designer or someone to fix some sort of code within something. We're able to pay a one-time or hourly fee until they finish that and then we're no longer stuck to having to pay them at all. Yeah, I think like you said, you slipped the word rent in there. I think that's a very accurate portrayal. I think it's not just the gig economy that people are seeing you talk about. It's also, you know, the rent economy that's really coming uh, up to speed with everything. People no longer just want to own. They just simply want to rent. It's just easier peace of mind. It's literally whenever we were in LA or even sometimes walking around here in San Francisco, you know, those scooters that you like see. Bird. Yeah, they're everywhere. Bird. Yeah, they're everywhere. Lime, you're able to go on the app, rent them. We no longer have to buy you know, scooters that we own because personally, if I bought a scooter, I know for a fact I wouldn't use it that often, but because I bought it, I would feel forced to use it But because I wouldn't use it that often. I'd feel so guilty. Well, now I could pay a few cents to get from point A to point B within a short period of time using them instead of having to own it. Yeah. Uh, there's that little thing where it's really annoying to ride in the road, but, uh, you know, sometimes don't want to curse myself. Sometimes you got to not follow that. I'm not trying to get hit by any reckless drivers. I mean, but uh, yeah. I mean, actually, if you're riding the scooter, you would obviously prefer to be on the sidewalk. So I don't get floored but by a car. If you're, the, if you're the pedestrian, no chance do you want to <laughs> dude, see it's, dude, it's either I'm good. It's like, look at this way. I'd rather, you know, like, I don't want to curse myself, like I said, but like, I'd rather be riding on the sidewalk, hit somebody, you know, they get slammed and killed by, you're not going to get killed by a scooter. You're going to get killed by a car. Quite simply, dude. Yeah, I'm sure a good amount would agree with you on yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Scooters on sidewalks 2020. <laughs> and it's also similar with, say, real estate. Yep. Say, for example, you buy a house. Mm-hmm. Now, you buy the house, you're living in it. It's viewed much more as a liability because you now own it. Something can happen to the market now. You could always say something will happen to the market, but it's a big expense now. You own it. You're not able to just get up and leave and move somewhere. Now, it's much different if you buy a house for investment purposes. You know, you buy, you rent it out, you have cash flow coming in. That's much different. But many people are now going ahead and renting houses because, say, you want to be on the move a lot. You want to go travel. What's the whole point of owning a house if you're constantly traveling? It makes much more sense to rent and not have that whole liability of expenses coming at you. Yeah, I think company is starting to catch on to this too, like we touched on earlier. You know, we work and all that you know, New York rise going straight up, um, have a lot of people jumping on that trend. But I think it's, you know, seeping into the whole business trend. I think a lot of businesses are starting to realize like, hey, um, we can just run a lot of our stuff and cut down fixed costs. And I think we're really going to start to see the gig and the rent economy seep slowly but surely into business and, you know, see that rise in the next couple of years. And I think kind of what we were talking on earlier, you know, just kind of tie this all up. I think the way you can really grow in the next couple of years, you can't really look back on the last 10 years and think, and look at it that way, make decisions off that. I think you now have to start looking at the next 10 to 20 years and start thinking, hey, where is everything going? How can I help people? And I think that's one of the reasons for Amazon Tesla's success. You know, I think those are arguably some of the most successful companies nowadays. I think the reason for that is because they're not thinking in the past, thinking how can I change the future and, you know, how can I make people's lives easier? And, you know, new people, more and more people each year are starting their own businesses and they're not getting any results. They're wondering, why isn't anyone buying from me? You know, I'm solving this problem. And, 
ego definitely does come into play because you in your head you're like this is a great idea this is a great this is what people need no the market always decides what you're worth period you're worthless exactly the market decides everything and people are implementing stuff that worked maybe in 2015 2016 even 2017 instead of thinking what works now what's going to work 5 10 15 years from now and not really being able to see how everything is changing and what how the consumer demand is changing you can't expect your business to make any I money. I agree. I think people need to stop thinking about p- what people in the past and now want and start thinking about what people now and what people in the future are going to end up wanting. Correct. It's becoming much less about marketing, making yourself sound all great, but actually delivering a good service, having a product filled with quality, and just fulfilling and solving the problem of the one- people buying from you. Because even though you're a business owner, you're working for the customers. At the end of the day, it's all it's all it is. You exactly. Make people better off. So yeah, guys, that was one of our longer episodes filled with a lot of information. I'm sure you guys learned a lot. And if you enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe, like, comment, let us know what you thought. Again, our social medias are in the description below. Go ahead and connect with us. Messages, we love networking and communicating with new people. We hope you guys enjoyed this video and we'll see you in the next one. Take see care. See you next time.